Good morning and welcome to Blendertainment. I'm your host Andy Sullivan. Um, took a few weeks off for Christmas and New Year's and now I am back January 2nd, 2023. That's right, 2023. Unbelievable. Um, what we're going to get into today, well, first of all, um, the Tennessee Titans, regardless of blowing yet another game in a major way, I believe that's, um, four, five, maybe, maybe five losses in a row, um, but, and this tells you how terrible the AFC South is, which, by the way, we were leading, Tennessee was leading just several weeks ago, and now that we're on the losing skid, we're, I believe we're in the wild card. Um, well, now, um, we will be playing the Jags for the AFC South title Saturday night. Also, um, Saturday afternoon, Kansas City Chiefs and the Raiders will be playing. Um, and I believe, um, let me check, um, okay, here, um, I'm gonna bring up the official schedule of week 18. Two week 18 matchups are being flexed to Saturday. The Kansas City Chiefs and Las Vegas Raiders will now play at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time on January 7th. And the Tennessee Titans will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars on January 7th at 8.15 p.m. Eastern, which is 7 Central. The remainder of the Week 18 schedule will be determined during or immediately following Monday Night Football between the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Saturday's game between the Jeff Fisher Titans, excuse me, the 7-9 Titans and the 8-8 Jaguars will be one of the most significant during the Week 18 slate. The winner will claim the AFC South and clinch a berth in the playoffs. That's right. If the Titans beat the Jaguars, which... I expect we will not. We will finish the regular season 8 and 9 and we will win the AFC South. We will be a losing team in the playoffs. Of course we will get our asses handed to us in the first round if we make the playoffs. If by some miracle we make it. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars have been on a tear. 
winning five of six games, including a stunning 40-34 overtime win against the Dallas Cowboys December 18th. That said, Jacksonville's Jacksonville's matchup against Tennessee may not be as exciting as many hoped. The Titans have lost their last six games, and Ryan Tannehill is sidelined because of an ankle injury. The team will turn to Josh Dobbs, Joshua Dobbs, or rookie Malik Willis, but neither has performed particularly well this year. The Chiefs, 13-3, meanwhile, are fighting for the AFC's number one seed. The Buffalo Bills, 12-3, held the tiebreaker over Kansas City after beating them October 16th. Monday's matchup against the Bengals will be huge for the Bills, as a loss could punt them out of contention for the number one seed in the AFC. The only way they would remain in the spot is if Kansas City falls to Las Vegas, which is unlikely. Following Monday Night Football, the Bills will close the season at home against the New England Patriots, who are 8-8. The Patriots can clinch a playoff berth with a victory. One matchup fans are hoping to see on Sunday Night Football in Week 18 is the 8-8 Green Bay Packers versus the 8-8 Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field. Following their win against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, the Packers can clinch a playoff berth with a victory over the Lions. Detroit beat Green Bay 15-9 on November 6th, so their second matchup could be one of the most entertaining of Week 18. That's um, that's next weekend so far. Um, let's see. Um, let's see. I told you about that. Um, yeah, that's um, and it looks like. Um, Betting line is 60% Kansas City, which obviously um, I would think Kansas City is going to win that game. Um, Now, let's talk about the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, Let me get to it here. Um, um, let's see. Um, December 31st. Well, let's see. Um, when is the last time I was on here? Um, we defeated Yale 69-59. Defeated UCLA. Or lost to UCLA. 63-53, beat Florida A&M, 86-68, lost to Missouri, 75-89, beat Louisville, 86-83, 86-63, excuse me. Um, let's see. And our next game is Tuesday. Is Tuesday, January 3rd, versus LSU. On ESPN, it's the, it's actually not the SEC opener. The SEC opener was uh, with the loss to Missouri on Wednesday, December 28th. 
I still think it's kind of funny that um, we now play the SEC opener before the end of the year. It's, um, you know, forever the conference opener was in the new year. It was in January. But um, I guess with all the conference restructuring and when the new teams came into the conferences, they had to bump it. They had to kick it back a week. And um, if that happens again, if more teams come in, they might kick it back again. So, so the next game is LSU on Tuesday. January 3rd on ESPN followed by January 7th at Alabama on ESPN and January 30 versus South Carolina on ESPN and ESPN and or ESPN 2 so our previous game against Louisville um Jacob Toppin played the most minutes well actually no he did not Severe Wheeler played the most minutes 38 minutes 52 seconds um 2 of 6 field goal 1 of 6 threes um 2 of 2 field free throw um And, um, let's see. Let's see. Jacob Toppin and Oscar Sheedway tied with 24 points apiece. And Severe Wheeler, nine assist. Um, ha, I'll tell you, this, um, The guys, they um, they're nine and four overall, which is not bad. I mean, that winning nine of thirteen games, you know, that's that that is not bad. I know it's not the standards of Kentucky basketball, but listen. The last time that a Cal team was well, actually the last time the Cal team won and only time the Cal, a Cal team won a championship it was technically I mean It was, um, what, 2012? So, you know, I mean, I, I get that everybody's clamoring for a championship. Listen, I don't want to be all Debbie Downer, but it's probably not going to happen this year. And it might not happen next year. Just 
temper your expectations, y'all. Because, um... We are... And this is an unpopular opinion. But I do believe it is an opinion that many share. We are in... We're in a land of mediocrity. Um, nine and four is a pretty good record. I mean, that's we've won nine of 13 games, but that's just gonna be, um, however, we finish, um, and our probable first round exit in their first weekend exit in the NCAA tournament this year um, is going to be acceptable to the big money man in Lexington because they don't want to well first of all they don't want to be they don't want to be the guys who fired John Calipari is the thing and the other thing is they'd have to pay him an ass load of money to buy it to either buy out his contract or if they fired him and to pay him out and they don't want to do that plus um isn't Cal, a um, hunting buddy of um, the athletic director. So, yeah, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, people who want him gone, um, people who want him gone can just, um, how is it, uh, Barry Kripke? And Big Bang Theory used to say suck a women because <laughs> uh, yeah it's not going to happen now that I have discussed the the cats and the titans oh wait um, the bowl games yes um, the Kentucky Wildcats bowl game was a big old sack of shit. Um, that's, that's the bottom line. Um, we didn't score a point. And, We, um, guys like, um, Will Levis, um, and all the big shots, they, um, they set out because, um, their upcoming NFL career, I get it, um, I get it that they're looking out for the careers, um,
Iowa defeated Kentucky 21-0 in the Music City Bowl. And that, um, that also sucks ass. In the, let's see, the Iowa Hawkeyes end their season on a high note with their 21-0 win over Kentucky. Um, let's see, uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes ended their season in strong fashion after they notched their second shutout win of the season, taking down the Kentucky Wildcats 21-0. Just like the previous games this season, Iowa's defense dominated scoring two touchdowns of their own both were interceptions returned for touchdowns the first was from safety xavier wonkba and the second was from cornerback cooper dijon dijon's interception as well as seven tackles one tackle for loss and pass breakup earned him the honor of being the game's mvp In addition to that, they allowed just 185 total yards, limited Kentucky to 2.1 yards per carry, and held Kentucky to two third-down conversions on 11 attempts. attempts. Offensively, the Hawkeyes had a solid showing by Joey Labus in his first career start. Good God. First career start, and he torches Kentucky. Excellent. In his first career start, Lavis completed 14 of his 24 passing attempts for 139 yards and a touchdown. Titans led the way in terms of receiving yards as Sam Laporta and Luke Lachey combined for eight catches and 92 yards. Iowa Hawkeyes ended the season on a high note with a 21 win, 21-0 win over the Wildcats. Um, after three and a half quarters, under center, Kentucky elected to bench Destin Wade in favor of sophomore quarterback Deuce Hogan on the first drive. He completed six of seven passes for 19 yards. At 5.33 of the fourth quarter, Kentucky's defense makes fourth down stop after traveling the length of the field at Kentucky's 28-yard line. Kentucky's defense got a measure of revenge after bringing Heavy pressure on Labus to force incomplete pass on the fourth down. Not at 9.39 in the fourth quarter, Sebastian Castro had been a star for the Hawkeyes all day after routinely making plays. The latest was a sack on Destin Wade on third down for a 10-yard loss. That adds to a strong five tackles and two pass breakup games. Unfortunately, the Hawkeyes were unable to do much with the field position and wound up punting the ball at 12:01 in the fourth quarter. Um, Kentucky got the ball back at its own 15-yard line. Um, their Kentucky's defense um, was the reason that Kentucky was the reason that Iowa only scored 21 points. I actually expected them to... um, I was actually surprised that Iowa didn't beat the crap out of us, honestly. Um, 
Well, that is it, sports-wise. Um, pretty, pretty crappy weekend for sports fans. If you're um, Kentucky Wildcats or Tennessee Titans, um, I haven't updated you in a long time on my 24 watch I've been um, binge watching 24 on Hulu I am on let's see season I want to say season 6 now Um, season 6 episode seven or eight um Jack um Jack had to kill um Jack had to kill his friend Curtis which sucked big time um it was um It was one of those decisions. Um, Curtis was gonna kill um, one of the the guy that Jack had in custody. The that um, the only guy that could help them. But see, he was in Curtis's unit. Curtis's special forces unit back in the day and Curtis held a grudge against him so you know he was gonna kill him no matter what so Jack had to and then he threw up after he realized what he'd done and then he called the his the man in charge at CTU and he said I can't do this anymore I'm out. But then, a little while later, nuclear bomb goes off. Jack calls Bill back. I'm back in. So, that is where... Actually, no, that's not where we left things. Because the last episode I saw... Um, Jack, um, Jack went to see his father, but, um, his brother, and and this was the kicker, his brother was the reason, the main, one of the main reasons probably the main reason that Jack spent a year and a half in a Chinese prison. Now, if that is not huge, it's humongous, but listen to this. Um, 
so, you know, Jack, Jack went in and, um, found his brother and he was all like, well, where's dad? Where's dad? Well, I don't know where he is. Um, he ran off with his girlfriend or something. We haven't seen him in a while. Well, turns out, um, Jack's dad is about as much of a son of a bitch as his brother is. But, see, this show was always, once you thought one thing was going down, it was something else. Something else happened. So, um, you thought that, um, Jack's brother and father might be against Jack. You thought that the brother and the father were on the same page, but then the brother turns on Jack and the father. So, how I left it, the last episode that I saw Saturday, or Saturday night just Friday night last episode I saw was Friday night um was um the brother left Jack and his dad hostage with his goons which I mean of course Jack will take out eventually because I mean it's Jack freaking Bauer come on um so yeah that's um that's where we are with that and um the show the the TV shows are not back until I believe it's next week um there's the crossover event with the NCISs and um, Tuesday Will Trent premieres on ABC um, at the same time that um, New Amsterdam returns to finish out their final season and the way we left New Amsterdam um, was um, what's his uh, Dr. Goodwin Hank Hank Man, I can't remember people's names, and I, don't, I ain't but like forty. But anyway, whatever. Um, so let's see. Um, okay, um, Max. Did I say Hank? Max, good one. Um, <laughs> So, um, 
Helen Sharp is back. Um, and Helen Sharp is hot. Well, excuse me, the actress is hot. Um, Freema... I'm, I'm butchering this name. I know I am. Freema... A guyman. Boy, she... Whew. Uh, let's see, what else, um, just out of curiosity, let's see what else she's done. Um, she was in Doctor Who. I did not know that. Um, let's see, um, Martha Jones in Doctor Who. But before that, she was known as playing Lola Wise in the revived series of the ITV soap opera Crossroads. Um, She made her feature film debut in 2006, playing Nana in independent drama Rulers and Dealers. see she was in Doctor Who as I said um, and before she let's see um, oh wow she played Larissa in the Sex in the City prequel, The Carrie Diaries, in 2013-2014. Um, in 2015, she appeared in the Netflix series Sense8 from 2015 to 2018. She played series regular um, Amanita Kaplan. same year she starred as Penny, a woman embroiled in a crime between northern and southern UK games, gangs in the film North vs. South. The film was poorly received by critics, but earned earned achievement nominations of both Screen Nation Film and TV Awards and the National Film Awards. Her other film appearances included the role of Angel in the vampire film Eat Locals in 2017 and small part as Astra in the science fiction blockbuster The Matrix Resurrection in 2021. Um, in 2018, she became a member of the main cast of New Amsterdam playing the role of Dr. Helen Sharp, head of oncology and hematology department. In July 22, she announced she would not be returning to New Amsterdam for his business fifth and final season, instead signing up for Skymax's comedy drama Dreamland, which will feature singer Lily Allen in her first television lead role. But, um, let's see, that was July, but, um, 
now she is coming back. I don't know if that's going to be a guest starring role or what. But, um, it, and it may just be a one-off. Probably is, but, um, as for the other show, uh, that I'm looking forward to, um, Will Trent, um, The new procedural drama stars Ramon Rodriguez as Special Agent Will Trent of the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, who was abandoned at birth and endured a harsh coming of age in Atlanta's overwhelmed foster care system. When the investigation of a teenage girl reveals there's more to the story than meets the eye, in the pilot episode of the new ABC series Will Trent, based on the Karen Slaughter New York Times best-selling series of novels, special, special agent Will Trent, played by Ramon Rodriguez of the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, is called to employ his keen sense and powers of and keen instinct instincts and powers of observation to uncover the truth will like great eccentric detectives before him such as monk colombo monk or sherlock holmes comes with a special set of quirks he always wears a three-piece suit despite the more than 100 degree summers in atlanta where the series is set he's dyslexic so he's developed workarounds for his inability to read and his power of observation puts normal detectives to shame. Will Trent premieres Tuesday, January 3rd at 9 p.m. Central on ABC. Will Trent is not based on a true story. The basis for the new ABC series was created in in the mind of author Karen Slaughter, who wrote the fictional novel series of the same name. Will Trent season one will lean heavily on the stro- on the stories from Karen Slaughter's first Will Trent novel, Triptych. Um. That sounds like a series that I need to read. Sounds like a series that I would be interested in reading. Certainly a series I'm going to be interested in watching starting Tuesday night on ABC. Um, Let's see. um, Will's assigned some of GBI's most difficult cases because his unique perspective on life plus the skills he has learned to help cope with his dyslexia has made him the go-to agent for difficult cases. Um, oh. Excellent. Erica Christensen is in this show. Um, and now the, now a stupid ad has come up. So I cannot read the rest of this. Great. Yeah, that's, um, 
fantastic. But anyway, um, I'm definitely looking forward to watching this show. Um, and you tune in too. Um, Tuesday night on ABC. It's on at the same time as New Amsterdam, 8 o'clock. So um, I'm going to have to be recording one and watching the other, which that's cool. Or you can um, take advantage of Hulu and watch one or both on the next day, which is cool too. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I've covered, um, covered all the sports, um, covered the new shows. Um, don't wish you guys a happy new year. Um, do you have any new year's resolutions? Um, and have you broken them yet? <laughs> um, I um, I have not because I did not. I did not make any New Year's resolutions. Um, it's pretty much just um, keep on keeping on. That's been my motto for the past few years actually um I think um you know ever since um ever since I did my therapy last year um I had a um I had a better Christmas than um in past because um I didn't have, um, I didn't have this, um, thing weighing over me, like, um, I don't know if I put added pressure on myself or what happened, but, um, I just, um, yeah, I'm better now, and, um, I just, um, if you have, um, if you're having difficulty, um, reach out for help. Um, that is, um, especially needed and especially apparent after, um, Twitch's suicide a few, um, several weeks before Christmas, which, uh, still just is terrible. Um... But yeah, if you um, if you need help, do not hesitate to um, ask for it. And um, that is going to be um, where I end. I will say, however, um, the suicide prevention hotline um 988 is the suicide and crisis hotline and um if you need help call that number um if you need a therapist for god's sake go see a therapist make an appointment there's no shame in it um as i said i went to one for um well Years and years ago, I went to one. It's actually the same place 
that I went to my previous one, um, Christian Family Institute. And as a matter of fact, the first guy that I saw some 20, almost 20 years ago, um, Rick Ripke is still there. Um, this time I saw another therapist, um, but yeah, if you need, um, if you need help, definitely do not hesitate to ask for that help. There's no shame in it. Um, that is going to be where I end this week. Um, and be kind, be kind, be cool, be courageous. Have a great week, and I'll be back with you um, next weekend. If all goes according to plan, um, I am Andy Sullivan. You've been listening to Blendertainment. Peace out.